It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. With financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host and one of the advisors on the show, as well as my fellow financial advisors, Josh Gregory, and special guest, Bill Mock. Hey, tax planning is one of the most important financial planning disciplines because there are tax ramifications to most of the big decisions that you and I face in our financial lives. So today we'll be unpacking this third key area of your financial life, tax planning. Tax planning. And it's tax season, folks. So this is right on on the tip of your tongue. We're talking about it. And it's your show. If you have a question, go ahead and reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com, or give us a call, 574-222-2000. Uh, we're getting a lot of tax questions, and I would just tell you we're a little behind with getting all your questions out there, but keep sending them to me. So uh, you call in or you go to that website, your question comes right to me, and we'll air it on an upcoming show, but be patient. Uh, lastly, check us out on Facebook and Twitter, at Wise Money Radio, and join the conversation that way. Okay, folks, so Bill Mock is a new name that you've heard. Uh, before we dive into the content, Bill has been a certified financial planner with KFG for a few years. We've been anxious to get him on the show, and you'll know why when he starts talking. <laughs> but, uh, Bill, why don't you introduce yourself for just a second? That's because I have a face for radio, isn't it, Mike? You've got the hairstyle for radio. I do. I do. <laughs> so thanks, Mike and Josh, for having me on the show today. Uh, Mike shared I'm one of the certified financial planners here at Corn Financial Group, and I've been on the team with, uh, with Mike and Josh and Kevin since October of 2013. I've worked in the industry as a financial planner since 2002, prior to my time joining Corhorn. In my role, I have the pleasure of serving clients, full financial planning needs, and helping them achieve their dreams. But uh, one of the reasons I'm on today is because during tax season, I also get to help the team as a tax preparer and a tax reviewer. And of course, this happens every year. I get to learn all the new things that changed, oh, yeah. and they'll change them again next year. Oh, of course. I don't know how to break this to you, but you're only on here today because you have a voice for radio. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I have a voice for miming, actually. <laughs> So, face for radio, voice for miming. I'm thinking about maybe merging those two together. Hey, I, I'd support you. I'd support you there. He's he's doing some hand gestures right now. They're a little awkward. Uh, we're glad to have you on, Bill. And um, it's going to be an interesting show as we unpack taxes and tax planning. It's all kicking off from a question from Ron. Ron is 65. Here's what he asked. I'm looking to retire later this year when I'm allowed to draw Social Security. Will that be taxed? And how does that work? Yeah, it's a, a fabulous question, and um, boy, it, it touches on so many areas of your financial life as well. And uh, th- this issue of, is my Social Security going to be taxed, is one that we hit an awful lot. Yeah. Um, actually, just uh, earlier this spring, teaching a retirement course, and this was, uh, it came up in every session, actually. How, how does Social Security get taxed? Because here's the thing, and Casey would probably cover this on his show, they said they'd never tax it. Mm. And it's your money that you sent in as tax anyway, so why are they going to tax it when they give it back to you? That's crazy. That's right. But the truth is, it can be taxed under certain circumstances. That's right. It's one of the most complicated calculations when you're doing tax planning in retirement. And 
Uh, it's actually one of the reasons why I always warn people that when you get out to retirement, tax planning is going to get more complicated, not less complicated. And it's this issue. When you inject Social Security into your various streams of income, um, your tax picture can swing from year to year. And so there's a calculation that's done on the tax return to decide how much of your Social Security is actually going to be counted on the return and how much of it can you ignore. And there are folks out there that have a low enough income situation, they don't pay tax on their Social Security. Yep. That's not everybody. And quite honestly, you don't really want to be in that boat if you can avoid it. You want to have enough income elsewhere that uh, you're forced to include Social Security in the mix because... Well, let's face it, you, you want to get to retirement and have a good stream of income. That's right. If you're younger listening to this and saying, oh, Social Security won't be around when I need it, I would tell you this is another reason to consider the Roth IRA because your Social Security could be taxed depending on how much other income you show in retirement. And when you're in retirement pulling money out of the Roth IRA, there shouldn't be any tax that you need to report. So if you're a young buck listening to this right now, see this as another form of encouragement to use that Roth IRA. Absolutely. So so back to this calculation, though. Okay. You're going to go there? I, I think people need to understand because um, basically what they do is they take half of your Social Security and add up all the other sources of income. And if you cross certain thresholds, then they start causing some of your Social Security to be taxed. And so that's why the point you just made is so important, Mike, because um, the Roth IRA allows you to get money in your pocket when you're in retirement coming out of your accounts without changing this calculation, without causing some of that Social Security to be taxable. That's right. That's right. So. Okay. So if you're a regular listener to Wise Money, then this concept of tax planning is going to be a familiar one. We talk about it all the time because as Josh said, every financial decision you make really influences your tax picture and you need to just understand that relationship. This is part of the reason I love financial planning is because you've always got to be sensitive to what the tax ramifications are. Let's take just a moment before we dive too deep and just define what we mean when we say tax planning. You know, I would maybe define it by telling a little bit of a story. I, I remember just a few years ago, had a farmer come in who was winding down his his farming career, I guess, if that's the right word to use. He was getting out of the business. He was retiring. And he had decades worth. I was going to, isn't there a phrase out there, sold the farm? I sold the farm, right? Maybe. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Kevin, he, he's, he not, here. he's <laughs> yeah. not selling the land. He's selling all of this equipment, though. Okay. And I don't know if you know very many farmers, but big operations, oh, yeah. I mean, they have hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment it's really expensive for them to accumulate over the years, but he had taken all the tax benefits throughout his farming years. Uh, a CPA would say they had fully depreciated them. He had written them all off, and now he's going to sell them off to neighbors and other people at auctions, which meant that he was going to have to pay tax on all of those sales. And this was going to take you know a number of years. So what we did is a multiple-year tax projection for him wow. to figure out uh, not only the, the beans that were coming out of the field and the corn that was coming out of the field, he was going to have to pay tax on that at various intervals, but then also selling off this, this, uh, these properties or these, the, this equipment. And what we came up with was in the final few years as he's selling this stuff off, we were able to create a retirement plan for him and his wife that allowed them to squeeze down the amount of income that they had to pay tax on in these really high income years all of a sudden. They were able to squirrel away money 
for in retirement, it saved them literally tens of thousands of dollars. Just by looking at multiple years and trying to figure out, well, where where should we have this income fall? And then also, what can we do to reduce the taxable income? That's the difference between just passively preparing their taxes and more proactively looking out into the future. See, so yeah, yeah, you used one of the buzzwords. Tax planning is all about being proactive. Tax preparation is being reactive. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Bill would say, because Bill has to do, you know, a hundred, couple hundred returns every single year. Has to. He 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 gets to. Um, but uh, but it's all reactionary. What happened last year? Make sure you get we're in the right box. Yeah, I just you know when we're at that point of the year where we are now, where we're doing tax preparation, there's only so many things we can do to affect our taxes. Mm-hmm. So you know, looking at the next seven eight months that we have left in the year, taking advantage of the opportunities, looking ahead, like we've said is just going to give us the best way to have success financially. That's right. I'd give you a few quick questions to ponder in your mind to determine, are you doing tax planning or are you settling for tax preparation in your financial life? Check this out. Does your financial advisor and your accountant talk? Do they collaborate in any way? If not, then maybe you're settling for just tax preparation. Do you run a tax projection in the fall of each year to estimate what kind of tax picture you're heading towards in the spring if you do nothing? If you do that, then you're you're probably doing some proactive tax planning. Do I look beyond the current calendar year when I'm considering my taxes? Or how about this one? Would I describe my tax picture as proactive and forward-looking or just reactive and focused on what's already happened? The, the difference is huge, though, over, over many years, over your whole financial life. Don't settle for just preparing your taxes. Plan them. Be proactive. That's right. So when should someone be doing tax planning? Is it just in the fall, like you said, Josh? Or is there a specific time when someone should be working on their tax plan? You know, for most of our clients, at the very least, you want to do it towards the end of the year in the fall when you know most of the year has gone by, you have a clear picture of where things will land, and yet there's still time to do something about it, to change the tax picture. Some business owners need to be doing it on a quarterly basis, um, being even more proactive starting even in the spring. That's right. So hopefully that helped you understand what we mean when we say tax planning, but in just a moment, we're going to take it down one more level and tell you tangibly what you should expect when you're doing your tax plan. So that and much more coming up with Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, Newstalk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good morning, folks. Thanks for joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. My name's Mike Bernard alongside newcomer Bill Mock, CFP with KFG. <laughs> that rhymed. <laughs> um, and Josh Gregory, as wow. usual. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keen as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. And today we've been diming, we've been diming, we've been diving into tax planning, which is a timely topic because it is tax season. But we're going through a segment of breaking down all six areas of your financial life, and today we're tackling tax planning. If you have a question, reach out to us, 574-222-2000 or wisemoneyradio.com. Okay, we left off with just a, a, a kind of, Cursory overview. Josh told a great story illustrating what tax planning really is all about. But I know, I know this is financial stuff and it's kind of heady. It's hard to really follow. So it's very 
important that you understand some of the practical application of tax planning. What questions, what issues are addressed when you're doing tax planning in your life? So Bill, start us off. What, what should people expect when they're doing tax planning? You know, I've always found that when we're talking about tax planning, you know, a couple of questions come to mind and, and most people it's, well, I don't want to have to pay taxes. Oh. And, you know, when you explain to them and you walk through their return, especially, and you say, we're going to be paying taxes and, and just explaining to them the concept of is getting a return, not paying taxes, or is it not having the best use of your money throughout the year? Yeah. Interesting. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So what, so I think the question you're addressing is how much should your withholdings be? Should you be shooting for a really big refund or, or close to break even? Tax planning certainly helps you answer that question. And we all each have our biases, but uh, a, a certified financial planner and tax planning can help you address that. Uh, one of my favorite questions that tax planning actually answers, we talk about it all the time on the show. Another financial radio show host talks about it all the time as well. That's the idea of the Roth IRA. Tax planning answers whether you should use a Roth IRA or Roth 401k or whether you should go traditional. Tax planning answers that question. A lot of people think that's an investment question. It's not. It's a tax question. And a lot of time it stays the same year after year, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you need to make a shift. I made a shift in my own life. I think it was two years ago, shifted from one to the other because circumstances changed. Well, it also sets yourself up to have a diversified um, positioning of your money from a tax standpoint. Yep. When you get out to retirement, you'll be able to draw out of one bucket that's tax-free. You could draw out of another that has tax implications to it. But that actually creates a whole other question for some people when they get to retirement. Which bucket do I pull money out of? Tax planning answers that question. Absolutely. I ran into that one recently because uh, a gal uh, I, I met had just retired and she's she seemed a little overwhelmed by this idea of being retired. And she even used this phrase. She said, I've done the accumulation phase, and now it's time to start pulling money out, and I don't know how to do it. Hmm. Right? And some of that was an investment decision. You know, which investments do I sell off and, or, or pull money out of? But there's also these tax implications as well. You know, and I hear that, Josh, and I just think of one word. I think of options. Yeah. And, and when I'm working with clients, I just I say that's my favorite word, especially when we get out or later in life out later in life and, and we have the ability to say, okay, I want to pay this amount of tax based on this projection. Is it Roth? Is it traditional? Yep. Good stuff. And what fits right in there as well is another big question a lot of people are facing right now. It's a tax planning question, but it's should I contribute to my health savings account or not? Maybe your company puts in a couple bucks and you really don't want to sacrifice more out of your monthly or, or bi-weekly paycheck to add more to it. Part of the issue you need to consider there is your taxes as to whether that makes sense or not. Okay, I'll piggyback on that one then. Um, what about the, the question of, say you are in, in retirement, should I pay quarterly estimates or should I have the government withhold some money out of my Social Security check? You know, How are you going to pay your taxes is yeah. ultimately a question. Um, another one that I hear periodically is, uh, which investments should I leave to my kids versus investments going to the charity? So here, here's why I love financial planning. I mentioned this uh, earlier as well, but especially in regards to tax planning, it just touches every area of your financial life. And so if you're not taking a comprehensive approach to your financial decisions, you really could be making, I, I think most blatantly, some really big tax blunders. And some of those blunders, I'll go back to what, what, uh, Bill said, you might have just missed options. Because I, I love that word too. And tax planning, it's all about knowing what your options are. 
And so, gosh, I would just encourage you folks, take a comprehensive approach. Meet with a certified financial planner. So, so let's, let's go on here. So that's a good list of practical uh, applications of tax planning. Let's talk about stages of life. Are there times in someone's kind of routine, their, their life, where tax planning becomes more important than other times? I feel like, you know, the more exposure that you have to taxes, the more important it is to be planful about that. In, uh, not just to be responsive or just to kind of take your lumps, take it on the chin and pay your taxes like a good American. Well, no, maybe you need to be more proactive as you get further into your career, as you get into higher and higher income brackets. It just becomes more important to find tax efficiencies wherever those, uh, those can fall. Naturally, I, I think it's intuitively a true statement that if you're in the 35% tax bracket, you care an awful lot about finding every possible deduction that you can because it's worth so much to you. If you're in the 15% tax bracket, you might downplay the importance of doing tax planning. But really, in the beginning of your career, that may be one of the most important times to really be paying attention to this. That's exactly where I think of when I'm looking at clients and where the opportunity is going to be is, is young families. You know, as a young family, whether you have children or not, um, usually, like Josh had said, you're starting your career off but there's going to be a lot of deductions that you have with children at home, with lower income. You're going to be in a lower tax bracket, and it might just make sense to pay those taxes now. Mm. You know, let the child tax credit take care of some of your tax due to Uncle Sam. Yeah, I, but I would tell you, if you're, you know, the, those little kids, yes, they're tax deductions, but they're also tax credits. And I would be tempted then to pay the tax now, use a Roth IRA, and use those credits However, if you reached the threshold where all of a sudden you're going to start losing some of those credits and you could use a pre-tax account or deduction to keep some of those credits there, like child tax credit, American Opportunity Credit, even Retirement Savers Credit, yeah, you might want to consider using a pre-tax. So that's the thing. I, I would agree with you, Josh, that as you get in higher tax brackets, it's important to pay attention to tax planning, but it's just as important when you're in a lower tax bracket. You know, I'd give one more answer to this question as well of, of when is it that tax planning really kind of rises to a whole new level of importance. It's when your life is changing enough that your tax picture becomes more volatile. Mm. And if there was ever a stretch of time when that occurs, it may be when your kids are in high school or they're leaving high school, going into the college years, and then eventually being completely launched from the nest, you hope. Um, but think about that. I mean, there, there's a year in there when your child turns 17 and all of a sudden you lose a $1,000 tax credit. Child tax credit. Yeah. In other words, your tax bill just jumps by a thousand bucks right there. Now, maybe a couple years later, they're out of high school and then they're into college and you suddenly have available to you new college credits that can be very lucrative. And so it can make your, your tax refund get really big for a stretch of time. And then all of a sudden they graduate from college, they're off the return, bye-bye credits, bye-bye deductions, all these tax write-offs that you've loved from your kids, they're all gone. That's right. right. That's a major swing in your tax picture from year to year. Yeah. So we've been talking about tax planning, and we've we've already said, we say in most shows, that there's six areas to everyone's financial life, and those six areas are interconnected. Is there another area or two where tax planning is very closely related, uh, one where you talk about tax planning often when you talk about this other area? I think of retirement planning. Um, so many things change during our transition from working to retirement 
the years leading up to it. And then the first few years after retirement, there's a lot of opportunities there and, and a lot of pitfalls and things that we can get caught up on as well. Well, some proactive planning in the, the, the retirement red zone, what someone says, uh, leading up to retirement, you can actually have a, a, a pretty amazing number of opportunities available to you on the tax side those first couple years of retirement. I'll just tell you one uh, real quick. If you retire and choose to delay drawing Social Security, so your income's really low and you don't have Social Security income coming in, that's an opportune time to start doing some Roth conversions and paying some tax now to get dollars into a Roth IRA to grow tax-free forever. And then at the same time, you're letting Social Security continue to grow. So you do that for a few years, shift some dollars over the fence to the Roth, and then are drawing Social Security. So I would agree with you, Bill. Retirement, it, you've got to talk about taxes when you're talking about and planning for your retirement. So we've got more to break down here with tax planning, what it all means, and how it applies to you here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good morning, folks. Thanks for spending some of your morning with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. My name is Mike. I've got Bill Mock with me, CFP, with us at Corhorn Financial Group, as well as Josh Gregory while Kevin is out. Uh, thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for partnering with us to make the Wise Money Show possible. Thank you very much. We've been talking about tax planning today. It's the third area of your financial life, and it's also tax season, so I'm sure it's on your mind. If you have questions about your taxes, tax planning, or anything else you're going through, reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com, or give us a call, 574-222-2000. Both of those go directly to my email box, and I'll add them to the list to cover in an upcoming show. All right, so we've been talking about what tax planning is, what the practical application or practical benefit could be, when it's more important than other times, and even what, essentially, we left off, that it's very, very closely connected to your retirement plan, and you've got to make a lot of decisions there. So let me ask this before we jump into more listener questions about tax planning. How has tax planning become, well, how has it changed in recent years? Has it become more difficult? Has it become easier? What's been the recent trend? You know, one of the trends, I guess, that I would point out, well, well, for starters, I would say the tax code's always changing, right? But it's usually little tweaks and changes. It's adjusting dollar amounts and, you know, building in some inflation on limitations and things like that. But one of the trends that's been occurring has been going from, we, we've always been for the past uh, 15 years or so at pretty low tax rates. And slowly but surely, we're starting to chip away at that, especially at the upper income levels. You know, people are starting to pay a little bit more, a little bit more here and there. Some of the, the comfy tax laws that we've had have been slowly eroding, especially throughout the Obama administration. I was just going to say, right? what about Trump tax reform? I mean, it's possible that could be changing. It could be. Mm-hmm. But... But that, um, so, so maybe the trend reverses itself. I, I don't know. But either way, if you look at where our tax laws are today versus historically, we're on the lower end of the spectrum still. And that's a good thing. Um, but I don't see us staying there forever. 
And so it, it really drives the point home that we need to be thinking, what can you do today to pay low taxes and avoid potentially higher taxes out there in the future? Yeah, because the debt, we still have a mountain of debt and it's growing significantly as a country. And eventually, I don't know, I guess, eventually we're going to need to pay that, right? With revenue by the government, which is coming out of our pockets, folks. So, yeah. So I think as a, as a certified financial planner, when I'm doing tax planning with, with my clients, I like having the ability to know what the laws are and, you know, doing strategies that we can take advantage of them. And, and what I'm thinking of specifically is about seven or eight years ago, you, you had clients that they were charitably inclined and they wanted to take money from their retirement accounts, their IRAs, and send it to their church or another qualified charity. And they had the ability to do that without recognizing that on their required minimum distribution as income on their tax return. Yeah. So we could do some of these other tax planning strategies, keep Social Security taxation lower, keep them in a lower tax bracket, et cetera. But Congress kept waiting to make that law official from year to year. Right. So we'd have clients calling and saying, hey, I want to do my qualified charitable distribution from my IRA for my required minimum distribution and not pay taxes on it. And we would have to tell them they haven't passed the law yet. And then come <laughs> January 16th, they would say, hey, for the previous year, you can do that. Yeah. They finally made that permanent two years ago. Thankfully. And that allows us, when we're doing these tax projections in the fall for our clients, to know, hey, this income's not going to show up on the return. We can yeah. do the strategy and it'll work based on current law. Yeah, hard to plan ahead when you don't really know the rules, right? So <laughs> uh, before we get into Julie's question, she's next with a great question. I would, I would offer one other somewhat controversial trend that I'm seeing. And um, we've already made the distinction between tax planning, which is getting proactive, looking at what your options are to improve your tax situation, and tax preparation. Well, the emerging trend of using technology to just get your taxes done free is actually providing a good result, and I think people are taking good over great. Because if you're just going to go through and do your taxes for free online or go through um, a, a free system, the chances that you're going to know all of the different tax strategies and be able to be proactive and do tax planning, it's just, it's just low. It's very, it's very low. And so I think we've got an emerging trend of more and more people using electronic forms of just getting their taxes done, which handles the preparation, hopefully efficiently and accurately, hopefully, but even that's questionable, but it really snuffs out the idea of her planning. And I think that could really be a dangerous trend as we go forward. It might be a good option for you, but I would argue there's a great option out there. And if you settle for good over great, I think your financial life will suffer over the long term. So I would just add that in there. I, I, you know, I know a lot of you out there are doing your taxes by yourself, and that's fine. Um, but just don't neglect the tax planning piece. Tax planning is the true value add. Tax prep is just checking the box compliance. So anyway, I'll, I, I digress. Get off my soap box, if you will. So uh, a couple other really great tax planning questions. Julie uh, is next here. She's 61. Here's what she asked. A few weeks ago, I suddenly lost my father to cancer. I'm sorry mm. to hear that. Uh, he didn't have much, but he did have two life insurance policies that I'm the sole beneficiary of. Well, I have to pay inheritance tax on that. If I gift some of it to other family members, will I have to pay tax on that gift? There's a lot of layers here to this issue. Yeah. Well, our heart certainly goes out to, to you, Julie. I 
cancer, uh, it, it feels like it's touching more and more families these mm-hmm. days. And that's, uh, I'm sorry to hear that you lost your dad. Um, I, I will say this uh, by way of encouragement to you, really with only a few exceptions, um, most likely you, you won't, um, you won't pay any federal or state income taxes on life insurance proceeds, yeah. right? And most of the exceptions really wouldn't apply in your dad's situation if we kind of read between the lines. Obviously, you want to get um, an official opinion from a CPA or the attorney that's helping to, to settle the estate. But um, most people don't pay any federal or state income taxes. Also, the, the other types of taxes that could apply when you inherit money out of someone's estate is... Um, state inheritance, ta- in- in- state <laughs> inheritance tax. I saw you about to sneeze, and it like messed me up. I, I wasn't doing that. Okay. What are you talking about? Whatever. Just sitting here. State inheritance tax. It's a little harder to say than you might guess. <laughs> yeah. um, doesn't apply in right. Indiana anymore, right? So, so one uh, box can be checked. It's not something to be worrying about. The issue of federal estate tax. That has become much less of an issue over the years. In fact, unless you're uh, leaving behind $5.45 million, so pretty massive amount of money, most people don't uh, spill over that threshold, then you're not going to pay any federal estate tax either. So it really leaves just this income tax issue. And life insurance isn't one of them that typically gets taxed. It's more of things like IRAs, 401ks, annuities, that sort of thing. Stuff where your dad never paid the tax on this stuff during his lifetime, and so now you have to as the inheritor of those those dollars. I don't hear you mentioning any of those uh, types of items in the list here, but that's something to listen for or to watch for as you're kind of combing through, trying to make sense of your dad's stuff. Life insurance, though, probably isn't one of them. And then the second part of that question, if I gift some of it to other family members, will I have to pay tax on that gift? We always need to remember, Julie, that this is a two-step transaction, that there's there's proceeds from the life insurance policy that come to you, and Joshua just talked about the potential tax implications there, which hopefully in your situation don't apply, but then that's a completed transaction, and then we have the ability to make gifts to others, and that, that can be a different, and, and I'll say what we've said before on the show, that depends. It depends on the level, the amount of the money that you're going to give to them. Yep. Are you going to do what we call gift splitting if there's a spouse involved that's giving or spouses involved that are receiving. And uh, once, you know, that that could be something that could come into play. Talk to your certified financial planner. Make sure that you're doing some tax planning for anything that could come up with that. The dollar amount, though, that you want to have tucked away in the back of your mind each year is you're allowed to give up to $14,000 per recipient every single year without you paying any kind of gift tax. Well, without even needing to even tell the government. That's right. That's right. You stay off their radar screen, radar screen completely, and um, certainly the recipient who who um, receives that gift from you, they don't pay any taxes either. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about a gift tax uh, that's paid by the gift or you don't have to worry about that if you stay under fourteen thousand per year. Are you using a health savings account? If you are, you're going to want to listen to this next question from Josh. We've got that and more coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, ninety five three MNC.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. My name is Mike Bernard alongside Bill Mock and alongside Josh Gregory here in the MNC studios. Hope you're having a great morning. If you've got a question, reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com or 574-222-2000. Lastly, check us out on Facebook at Wise Money Radio. We've been talking about tax planning today and very apropos, this is tax season. Tax preparation is all about getting your taxes prepared accurately and on time and where you really understand what's going on. Tax planning, though, is all about looking at your options, is the word Bill Mock used earlier. Looking at your options to see, well, what could you be doing proactively to improve your tax situation? That's what we've been tackling today. I hope it's been helpful. I think it has. We're into more listener questions about tax planning. The next one comes from Josh. Uh, Josh from Mishawaka, age 44. I contributed the maximum amount to my health savings account this year, but also believe my company contributed something as well. Is there a penalty if I accidentally put too much in? Thanks. I, that's a great question. I think health savings accounts are becoming more and more popular as uh, health insurance costs are rising. And so you, companies or you yourself switch over to the high deductible option. When you have an eligible high deductible health plan, you can open up this wonderful bank account called a health savings account. The money you contribute avoids taxes going in. And if you use that money for required or um, eligible, let's use that word, eligible medical expenses, then it can come out tax-free. Now, That's pretty unique, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's right? the only thing I know of in the tax code. Other than owning your own business, can you actually use tax-free money? That's right. So you, you get a tax savings when you put the money in, and you get a tax savings when you take it back out. A double taxation savings. That's right. But the trick here, and this goes to the, the heart of Josh's question, I think the answer is fairly quick that we'll address, but just, just to give context here, um, a lot of companies in this transition from a really comprehensive health plan to a high deductible are saying, oh, we'll contribute a little bit to your health savings account. Well, if you also want to contribute, you probably will look up online or ask HR and they'll tell you, well, the maximum you can contribute is X. Well, your employer's contribution counts towards that too. So if you look at that maximum level and say, all right, I'm going to put that in, but then your company adds to it too, you've now contributed too much. That's right. So the the answer to your question then is, yes, you need to go back and actually pull out that excess contribution so that you don't start getting hit with an excise tax. Um and the way that you do that, you go to whatever bank or credit union that you have your health savings account uh, money deposited at, and they usually have a form of some kind where they back that excess contribution out for you. And it's important that they do that right as well. You don't just go in and make a withdrawal because you might be making a non-qualified withdrawal. You're not using it for actual medical expenses. You want them to do it for you. So go talk to the teller or the customer service person, whatever, and make sure that they do it right. Yeah. There's some whispers out there that, well, if I just take that money back out real quick, then uh, then no one will ever know. There's also been whispers that, well, how will they know? I'll just leave it in and I just won't deduct the excess. Uh, but I, I think the appropriate thing to do, the right thing to do would be going, filling out that form, having them help you take that excess contribution out. 
just to avoid any penalty should it arise, I think that excise penalty is 6%. Yeah, 6%. And, and the other thing that I encourage our audience to do is if it's a time during the year where you could just take that contribution from the previous year and put it into the current year, nice. the money doesn't end up at Starbucks. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> what? Hey, this is um, Folgers. Uh, it, no, no, it's not Starbucks. all right yes okay next question comes from jeremy from south bend this is a good one it's going to touch those of you who own your own business or maybe have a side business here's here's what jeremy's question is i am an independent contractor and wondering how i can shelter some of my income from taxes yes a lot of people who are doing side jobs or started a small business have that exact question okay should i become an llc or start a retirement account, et cetera. Thanks for your help. Good question. It is a good question. You know, right now, Jeremy, you would be considered a sole proprietor when you're uh, filing your tax returns. There's a special form that you're filling out called a Schedule C, where you total up all your income and subtract out all your expenses to figure out, well, what's the profit that you're going to have to pay tax on? It's really the same form if you file an LLC, and you're the only owner. So it, filing an LLC or creating an LLC doesn't inherently or instantly save you a bunch of taxes. It can save you um, some sleep, though, because it provides what LLC stands for is limited liability company. Uh, and so it, what that means is if you were to get sued, whatever you don't mention here what it trade you're in, but if you were to be sued, um, then your assets outside of the LLC should be protected. That's right. You want to make sure that they, uh, you know, some creditor, maybe they can come take your work truck and your tools and things, but you don't want them taking your bank account or <laughs> your house. Uh, yeah, your, your wife's car or anything like that. So an LLC, as Mike said, it kind of puts a fence around the business and helps contain the blast if something goes wrong in, in that business. It's but, primarily to protect you. But in and of itself, it does not offer tax benefits. You have to go an extra step to do that. Well, so what, Mike, I think you're referring to is um, adding uh, an element or, or changing the way that that LLC is taxed by asking the government to treat it as an S-corp, yeah. a subchapter S-corporation. So you can actually have, this is about as complicated as, as you can uh, imagine, but um, if you have an LLC, you can ask to have it treated like a corporation instead. And this special type of corporation, um, it still allows you to avoid the corporation paying tax and then you paying tax a second time. Um, it, it also, though, allows you to change how your income is treated. Right now, what Jeremy, you probably realize is that all the profits from your business get taxed as self-employment income. You have to pay 15.3% extra tax above and beyond your normal federal and state income taxes uh, just because that's how you pay into Medicare and Social Security. But, you know, that's, that's pretty salty. You know, a lot of self-employed individuals, they complain that, man, it feels like I am always getting clobbered with taxes. Yeah. It's because you have some of these extra layers that a lot of people don't feel. One of the ways to limit that layer is by having this S-Corp election, uh, which is jargon, but it's your way to say, I'm going to take part of my income as a salary and part of it as a dividend. And the dividend that I take does not get taxed with that self-employment tax. 
So I'll muddy the waters a little bit here and, and not answer the question, but answer the question. You know, I, I run into a lot of people that's their first, second year of, of having a business as an independent contractor, and they just come to us saying, I'm getting killed on taxes. Yeah. And part of the problem for them is they don't have an adequate cash reserve set up to pay those taxes. Huh. So, you know, when I, when I read Jeremy's question here, I almost think, are we putting the retirement horse in front of the mm. cart that could be proper cash flow and reserve planning? Because it's great to shelter money from taxes if we have that money to shelter. That's right. So it's really about making sure that you're working with a certified financial planner so that you've got a full and comprehensive view of your financial life. Because I've never myself been inside of a vacuum. Josh, have you? <laughs> I can't say that I have. But no. I bet it's pretty difficult to make a decision within a vacuum. You probably, you know, only will see things one way. Okay, that's a really bad joke. But that I was mean, a good movie, though. Thanks. We need to show our yeah, kids that. Cool, cool. But issue, the, the issue here is in a vacuum, if you're just trying to save on taxes, you might do things that out of context really don't make sense in the rest of your financial life. So I'm going to shelter a bunch of money into an IRA or open something for you, Jeremy, called a SEP IRA or even a single K and do that to save money and set money aside for retirement. But at the same time, you're taking out more and more credit card debt or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good point, Bill. I would mention one other thing here, uh, and that is if you're listening right now and you think, gosh, you know what? That subchapter S thing, I've already got an LLC and I know I'm paying ridiculous amount of tax. Maybe I should do that subchapter S thing. Well, today is a touch too late to do that this year if you haven't done that already. You actually have. If, you, if this is not your first year becoming an LLC, you actually have to do that in the first 75 days of the calendar year. So you actually had until March 15 to make that election. Now, it's not too late to do that for uh, next year, but, uh, but I just want to mention that window has closed. Well, in fact, you may need the rest of this year to really plan and make a wise decision. You need to be talking with a CPA, talking with a financial advisor, because you need to be aware of what you're going to give up if you do make that election. It's not just all positives. There are some sacrifices along the way as well. Thank you for the question, Jeremy. But that is all the time we have for today. I want to thank Bill Mock for being with us. And on behalf of myself and Josh Gregory as well, have a great weekend, folks. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on 95.3 MNC. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.